What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Welcome in to DNBR Rams Live, presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. Man, uh, tough one, tough one on the island. CSU falls 27 to 24 to Hawaii. Falls to five and seven on the year. Missed the postseason once again. Now six straight years without a bull bid. Longest drought since uh, the 80s, which is rough. It's just been a really disastrous decade for this football program. Felt like they had so much momentum there for a couple years there. But, I mean, shit, that's it's been 10 years. So it's, it's long gone. Um, Fitting end, fitting end to a frustrating season in this one. This team just couldn't get out of their own way all year long. Um, in hindsight, I think the the CU game was a pretty good preview of what was to come. You know, you saw great moments on offense all year, and there were a couple of those in this game. You saw some great moments on defense, but you never really saw a true four quarter performance from this football team on either side of the ball. The closest was probably San Diego State, maybe Middle Tennessee, but both of those had like 10-minute stretches even where it just wasn't solid. They were just kind of able to hang on. This one was definitely peak CSU and peak Hawaii on the island. It was definitely Ram life in terms of you play like crap all game. You miraculously come back. I mean, you hit a 70-yard touchdown pass on fourth and eight, and you you tie it up with the two-point conversion only to allow Hawaii to go straight down the field and and kick the the game-winning field goal. Kudos to Hawaii for executing in the Mayday situation, I suppose. I'm not sure they were set. I've seen some some videos online that kind of make it look like there might have been some movement there, but, I mean, I'm I'm not going to whine about officiating because frankly the Rams didn't deserve to win this game. They got outplayed for the the vast majority of this one and they had a chance to force overtime and, and make things interesting there, but just couldn't hold on, which I mean, that, that's been the, the story all season long. It was the same case with UNLV, 
Same case with the Rocky Mountain Showdown where you build a lead and blow it. I mean, you go up 17-0 on the road at Utah State, find a way to lose that game. It's just been a roller coaster of a year. It's been extremely, extremely frustrating. And uh, yeah, really fitting and really just disappointing end for a, for a team that frankly had far too much talent to to miss the postseason this year. I'm going to try my best to stay on track here. I appreciate everybody in the comments section. Um, I'll get to some of these when I can. Uh, if you don't mind giving us a thumbs up on YouTube, I certainly would appreciate it. Uh, like I said, though, I am going to try my best to stay on track here. I got a nice little outline. I've got a lot of points I want to make, but it's it's a lot to get into. Uh, we'll, we'll talk big picture. I am going to talk about why I do believe in in Jane Orvell and why I think the program is going the right direction, even though this was a a failed season. I mean, let's be real. This team was too good to not make a bowl game. Uh, I'll also talk about what concerns me about the program right now and potential areas of change to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll get into the game as usual. We'll talk about the turning point, the key stats, player of the game, all that. Um, but more than anything, it's just it's frustrating to see this team continue to come up short in the biggest moments and just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Like I, I do believe there are things that this program is doing well, and I do th- think that you know there are there are reasons to believe that they are, are close to kind of turning the corner here. But at the same time, I understand why some of you are sitting there and being like, "Are you serious, man? Another season without a bowl." Another season where you lose to, to all your biggest rivals. Another season where you have an opportunity to take a couple of big games here between Hawaii and UNLV. And, you know, you, you end up falling short again. And it's just feels like Groundhog Day, you know, like every single time this program kind of has that chance there to turn the corner to, you know, give everybody something to believe in. They just, find a way and it's it's been multiple stabs now it's been an issue really i mean the majority of the last 20 years i think it's 12 out of the last 18 seasons you've had a losing record and i don't know maybe maybe i'm crazy for thinking that things could be different that things should be different for this program because the history at least recently says that what happened under sunny lubick was an anomaly but i mean Logically, I don't think that's the case. I mean, you look at everything this program has to offer. You look at the resources available. You look at other schools that are able to, you know, win on a consistent basis. I don't think there's any reason to believe that CSU should not be one of the top G5 programs to even, you know, be pushing towards the the Power Five or whatever the hell it's going to be called. Um, but also, I don't know. At some point, maybe I got to look in the mirror and and assess what I believe is possible. I don't, I don't know. I'm just really frustrated at the moment. I know a lot of you guys are too. Uh, much love to my guy, Evan Hotson music in the comment section with the super chat. Thanks for all the coverage this season. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I, I wish that this was a celebratory show that we were, you know, talking about, Oh, which bowl are they going to get into? I wish all of that. Honestly, the, the biggest thing that's, uh, that's an issue, I guess, or the the biggest downfall of not making a, a bowl is you miss out on an extra month of practice. And for this young program, which has a lot of, you know, up and coming pieces, it just would have been so huge. It would have been so huge for positive momentum moving forward, for collective buy-in, for getting, you know, everybody to 
you know, really believe some of the the positives that you know you can see, but at the end of the day, ultimately don't matter that much. That kind of feel hollow when you're still losing the the biggest game. So, just really, really frustrating. Um, we're gonna keep it going here. There's so much to be thankful for: family, friends, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers bet five bucks on the NFL action today. Score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, so much more. You name it, they've got it. You know, maybe you think the Broncos keep it going. Uh, you know, there's only so much good mojo that can go around at one time. You know, maybe CSU basketball and the Broncos took it all up this week. I don't know. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers bet five on NFL Thanksgiving action score. 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports winning partner of the NFL. Again, we use that code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. <sighs> All right. Um, let's just let's start big picture, then we'll get more into the the game, I think the the big picture is what people want to talk about more than anything. Um, why do I believe in this program under Jane Orvell, despite the, the results this season? Well, first off, I've seen a lot of posts saying that there was no progress made whatsoever. And that's just false. It is. I mean, it's, it's five wins is the most you've had since 2017. The offensive line, it's night and day. You doubled your points per game. You saw significantly more guys in the mix this year, just in terms of getting some of these skill position players, you know, in, involved in the offense. It wasn't all on Tory Horton. You were competitive in 11 straight games, which I, I'm not even sure you could say that in 2017, but you can't say that since at least then. That's just the truth. It's been a losing program. It still is at the moment. I mean, clearly still is. I also think that, it, it, you need continuity and you need to be able to build on the positive if you're ever going to be able to really turn that corner as a program. Now, that, that doesn't mean you don't make changes. That doesn't mean that I think everything is, is perfect. You know, I mean, you were competitive all year, but you were inconsistent all year. I mean, you know, you lost all your rivalry games. You missed a bowl. Those are your biggest targets at the end of the day. Uh, still too many penalties. I mean, the lack of discipline in key moments was, was certainly frustrating. Um, yeah, I've got comments about... I'm not even going to get into it. Um, I, I just... I think that it, it's easy, especially after this one game, to say that there's no change whatsoever when, when that's just not the reality. I mean, some things I'd like to see changed. I'd like to see Jay Norvell have, you know, an offensive play caller. Not because I think Jay's a a bad play caller, but I, I just I believe in the value of that that delegation and having your head coach be able to focus on everything that's going on 
big picture in the moment. I mean, it's a lot to manage. It's a lot to do both. And I know there's some really great innovative, you know, play colors when you look at, especially at the NFL, but it's, you know, Mike McDaniel or some of these guys, but I just, I, I think it could be beneficial. I think just being able to think, you know, what are we, what are we trying to do here on this drive? You're thinking two, three plays ahead and not necessarily like, all right, what am I trying to call on this one play? I don't know. I'm like being very articulate there, but I think you get what I, what I'm trying to say here, which is just, is just that that delegation of power can be very beneficial at times. Uh, defensively, we saw regression, which is tough. I mean, maybe you go to a four, three scheme. I actually really liked how the Rams looked there against air force. I think it helps prevent some of the getting gashed up the middle that we saw consistently this year on the ground. I think Freddie Banks will be back at DC. I know there's a lot of people that are really upset about the defensive performance this year. I don't know, unless there's pressure from the admin to make a change. I, I just, knowing Jay Norvell, knowing he's a loyal guy, knowing that the defense was great in year one, I'm guessing he gets one more shot to figure it out, but I don't know. I don't know. They got to tighten it up. And situationally, the the struggles of being able to Hold a lead is it's just, it's brutal not being able to hold a lead, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, we saw it against CU, we saw it against UNLV, Utah State. I mean, just consistently in the biggest moments, it felt like teams were really able to carve up the Rams. And honestly, I would have rather seen them send pressure on first down there. And if you give up like a 60-yard bomb, you give up a play, but just dropping back and let them take 10, 15 yards of play, it feels like you know, the offense goes down and scores in that situation every single time. And it's just really, really frustrating that despite having, you know, the best edge rusher in the conference, despite returning so many of these significant pieces that, you know, defensively you took a step back, you gave up more points per game. You were less clutch than you were a year ago. It just, it really does not make a lot of sense to me. Um, offensively, like I said, maybe you, maybe you, have a true OC that calls plays and, and Jay's just kind of able to focus on the big picture stuff. I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think you can run it back doing exactly the same thing though, because you know, you came up short all the games that mattered most here. Um, as far as the direction of the offense, I, I do think Braden Fowler, Nicolosi BFN will be, he'll have the, the, edge, you know, for QB one going into the winter, going into spring. And he should, he had a lot of great moments this year. I mean, threw for over 3,500 yards, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of big time plays also erratic with his decision-making at times. The turnovers were killer all year long. The turnover was brutal. And this one felt like he was a little late on the read threw it behind Horton instead of going up 14 zero there, you know, it's, it's an interception in, the end zone, Hawaii goes right down the field and ties it up. I mean, that's the turning point to me is that that interception there. It's not technically a red zone turnover, but you do turn it over in the end zone while you're driving. And the thing about a quarterback is while the wow factor is important, the big plays, the spectacular stuff is huge. And he, he has been able to do that. You also have to consistently be able to do the basics and we left a lot of meat on the bone this year. There were a lot of missed shot plays down the field, a lot of inconsistency in the short and intermediate passing game. And he, he's got to clean that up. He's got to be better there. And 
I've talked about it really since last year. He has some things mechanically that he needs to to fix. He needs to be more consistent. He has all the arm talent in the world. And you've seen him do some pretty special things in terms of ball placement. I mean, I think back to that that throw to set up the Hail Mary to Torrey Horton against Boise State. It was gorgeous. I mean, he that throw to Lewis Brown, it was perfectly placed. The throw to Torrey Horton, honestly, the, the touchdown with pressure in his face. He drops it in a bucket, hits him in stride. You see it. Like you see the potential. It's just the lack of consistency that has been an issue. I think if he cleans some things up with his footwork, it would it would make a major difference for him. And, and just hitting some of those basic throws and not you know leaving so much meat on the bone. Uh, that said, I do think you have to have an open competition, a legitimate open competition, which isn't really something that the quarterback position had been going into a year. It, I mean, we saw the staff make a, a pretty quick decision this year and going away from Clay Millen, but it wasn't an open competition going into fall camp. It wasn't an open competition going into spring last year. You thought Clay was the guy. You think BFN can be the guy this time. You hope that he can be the guy, but you, you can't bet your future on that, especially with the inconsistency that we saw this year. I mean, I, I think he has the potential to, you know, if he cleans some things up, be a really, really talented and, and successful quarterback at this level. I also see some things that could really hold him back if he's not willing to to focus on improving, you know, some of those small things. So I love his mindset. I love his confidence. I love the arm talent. I, I think that he was absolutely the right guy to to be the starter this season. And I hope that he ends up working out. But I also know that you've got multiple young quarterbacks on the roster. You've got Jackson Brousseau, who the staff is really, really high on out of Utah multi-sport athlete, also, you know, a guy that was successful as a pitcher. He's got great mechanics. I mean, big arm, big guy. You gotta, you gotta just go to the best guy. And while, you know, that could be BFN, we'll have to see. We'll just have to see. That's all I'm saying. Um, You can't just bank on it though. And that's kind of where we're at. And that's again, going back to, you know, maybe you change what you're doing as far as a play caller goes, maybe you switch some things up schematically. I don't think they're going to like completely go away from the air raid, but I don't know. I don't know. Cause at this point, you know, you're just far too inconsistent and it's really costing them in some major moments here. It's just been, it's been frustrating. How uh, it's not frustrating is when you have an ice cold Breck brew. You guys know we love Breckenridge brewery over at DNVR. That's because they have a beer for any occasion. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy. Probably going to crack one of those open during the Broncos this afternoon. After I record a little hoops podcast, CSU men's basketball. They are on fire, should be ranked uh, this upcoming week. Saw that Moby is uh, sold out for the showdown. So that's going to be Awesome. Uh, but like I said, nothing is better than when you do it with an ice cold Breck Brew in hand. Check out the Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. You don't have to worry when you're doing it with game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. They have last minute deals uh, that include views from your seats. There's no last minute fees, which is a huge problem with buying tickets in most places these days. Like, oh, awesome. I'm going to go to the show. 17 bucks. Eight fees later, it ends up being like a $45 ticket with game time. The price you see is the price you get. 
Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again. Create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute, uh, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, question here from Leoso Blanco. Odds either Holker or Horton are back. Uh, Holker more than likely is back. I expect him back. Uh, Horton, we shall see. I, I think the odds of him returning are much higher than it would be for most people in this scenario. I don't think he would transfer. It, it feels very like Roddy when he was going through his NBA evaluation process. He's either going to go pro or he'll be back. Uh, very, very loyal to Norvell. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. A lot of that's going to come down to the the NFL evaluation process. He does get to participate in the Senior Bowl. If he's going to be in that like fourth to sixth round, if that's what they're telling him as far as the projection goes, I think at that point, there's a pretty good chance he comes back. And I have heard just as far as like poking holes in his game, what NFL scouts are looking at, not a ton of contested catches on film. There are some durability concerns from certain NFL scouts just because he got dinged up a little bit this year. To me, I, I think he's tough as hell. Like the fact that he just continued to play, didn't actually miss a single game after all those shots he took. Durability is not an issue for him. But I mean, that, that's what this process is like. If you are an NFL prospect, they're trying to nitpick and find every little issue that they can because they don't want to miss on you. I think the guy is clearly an NFL receiver. I think he's good enough to be, you know, second round pick, but. We'll see. It's all about getting the, the right opportunity and having the the right people see at the right time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Hawaii game itself before we talk more big picture here. I appreciate everybody in the comment section up early with us this morning. I appreciate a guy, Kale, producer Kale, on the back here. Uh, really, really saved my butt, made this show happen. So shout out, Kale. Uh, let's get into some of these key stats here. Uh, allowed 497 yards of total offense. Big step back. You know, I, I wrote going into the game after allowing about you know 470 yards a game for the first seven. They had that down to about 300 yards a game over the last four. Go to the island, completely take 10 steps backwards. Uh, they go six of 13 on third down. Hawaii, one of one on fourth down as well. Couldn't get off the field. Couldn't get off the field. There were some untimely penalties that cost the Rams. This one only had uh, four, I think, for 45 yards, which isn't for five for 45 yards, which isn't awful, but just some really untimely ones. You know, Marshawn Oxley's unsportsmanlike instead of third and 14, that's an automatic first down. I mean, it's just the little things that continue to add up. And the fact that it just happened time and time again all year, just really, really frustrating. Um, they lost the turnover battle one to zero, but it was a huge one. The entire momentum of the game flipped with that turnover. That was the turning point was that first quarter interception and you're driving. See, Hawaii seemingly can't stop you. If you put points on the board there, you're feeling good. You're playing ahead. All of a sudden you can try and lean on that run game and, and run at the clock. And instead it just gave Hawaii life. You could feel the momentum flip. You could feel a crowd get into it. Brutal turnovers are the great equalizer, and the Rams felt it in a major way in this one. Uh, Hawaii averaged 7.2 yards per play. They had 12 minutes and 20 seconds of time of possession in the third quarter. Second straight week, Nevada had over 11 minutes of possession, uh, despite the fact that the Rams were able to pull that one out. 
it's just just not winning football. The game's right there for the taking. You're down four. You go three and out on back-to-back drives in that second half. Meanwhile, Hawaii mounts the drives. I mean, they didn't all end in points, but they ate a lot of clock there, and they put the Rams in a position where they had to play from behind. Um, obviously, things get interesting in the fourth quarter there. Starts with the touchdown pass to Lewis Brown. Missed two-point conversion. A lot of debate about what's the right move there. I know conventional football fans are pulling their hair out when they see a coach go for two when you're down 14. I don't know. The the analytics apparently say that more times than not, you're more likely to win if you go for two there. That is the mindset. It's in a very aggressive mindset, but you're playing to win. Essentially, if you're kicking the extra point there and then you also kick the extra point to, to tie it at 14, that's two straight scoring drives, but you'd still need a third one to, to win the game. If you do this, you only need two scoring drives to win. You potentially take the possibility of overtime out of the mix at the same time. It also makes it really hard on you. And how how frustrating or how brutal would it have been if Torrey Horton scores that touchdown and then you don't get the two-point conversion? It really could have came up and hurt them in a major way. Um, again, I the numbers say it's the right thing to do. I don't know if I always agree with it. Like to me, I would rather just have the positive momentum of we scored a touchdown. Now we only need seven to tie, or you can still go for the win. If you get that second touchdown on the second one, doing it on the first score, the numbers may say it's the right thing to do, but I just, I don't know in the flow of the game, I guess every situation is different, but I just don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have done it. Um, I didn't hate, Kicking the the field goal, I saw some people upset about kicking the field goal after that with Noyes. Um, at that point, you know you could have cut it when you're down eight. You could have cut it to five. I don't know. It was fourth and eight. Your odds of converting were not great there. Noyes has a really strong leg. He'd been good all year. I don't know. I mean, you ultimately are able to to block a, another field goal after that, so it doesn't come back to haunt you somehow, some way. You hit Torrey Horton for a 70-yard bomb on fourth and eight. Um, get the two-point conversion. Torrey was wide open as there was wide open there as well. Good lord, uh, really solid execution. But then defensively, again, he just let Hawaii go straight down the field, do their thing. Game over, you lose. Season over. Really heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking way to lose. Uh, the CSU player of the game in this one. Definitely Torrey Horton. He had nine catches for 186 yards. Won a very crucial touchdown. He went over 1,000 yards receiving on the year. Ninth straight season that the Rams have had a 1,000-yard receiver. According to that broadcast last night, that actually ties an FBS record. Hawaii in the late 90s when they had that run and shoot really, really rolling. So big credit to Torrey Horton. That guy is a warrior. He's just played his ass off all year. He's played through injury. I mean, he's he's just so talented. And especially like with all the crap that went on last year, it would have been so easy for him to hop in the portal. I guess it still would be after this season if if that was the case. You know, he couldn't really blame the guy. I guess if he went and uh, chased a bag, but I really do think he'll either be back or he'll go pro. And he certainly is a guy that can make plays on Sunday. It's just going to be whether he wants to try and build his draft stock even more, potentially play his way into a higher round. Uh, let's get to some final thoughts. Um, 
I'm going to do helmets, stickers, maybe talk some more individuals uh, on, a, on another pod. I just think it, it doesn't, I mean, who cares, honestly, at this point, who cares? Like it, there were some key moments. There were some guys that did some good things in it. You know, Justin Marshall, another solid game, although Hawaii did a good job of kind of containing him in that second half. Um, you know, Lewis Brown had a good game, five catches, 45 yards defensively. It was a great season for, for you know, Jack Howell and, and Henry and some of these guys. Dom Morris actually led the Rams with 10 total tackles. He was great at nickel and really, really physical. Furman transfer is a guy I'm pretty encouraged to see moving forward. But, I mean, outside of that, it's just, it feels pretty hollow when you lose this type of games. Um, man. Maybe you need to uh, hit up our friends at High Plains Strains. They provide top quality cannabis, wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high potency concentrates. Some of the best flower in the state. They have three locations, one on Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they're the dispensary for you. You don't even have to get out of your car. You can order ahead online. They've got a drive through which is so convenient, just like going to Starbucks or something. Use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. You can get a full ounce for 80, Veritas 8s for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridges for 15, or exquisite extracts are 4 for 40. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plains strains deals. <sighs> All right, let's get into some final thoughts here. If you guys have any questions or anything like that you want me to respond to, go ahead and get it popping in the comment section. I've made it pretty clear at this point why I believe in Jay Norvell as a coach. I also have made it clear that I think you have to make some changes. You can't just run it back as is and expect everything to, to be okay to expect some of these issues to sort themselves out. I do think you'll have some type of you know tinkering with the staff. I, I, ultimately, some position coaches might get poached away. Um, I do think continuity is really, really important. I think that the staff is phenomenal at recruiting which is arguably the most important aspect you know outside of winning games obviously you got to give them an opportunity here to develop some of these guys there are a, a ton of up-and-coming players on the roster that we saw you know start to make plays those are guys you build around and hope that you know next year it's it's you know lewis brown and justice ross simmons and you know newer gatkuth and some of these guys on the defensive side that are really making the difference I can't tell anybody that's emotional right now that they're wrong for being skeptical. I just can't. The results have to matter. And while I do think that being patient is the right move, I personally believe that. The truth is, is that being patient sometimes does not work out. I mean, we, we saw that with Mike Bobo. Year three is going to be pivotal. I mean... The problem with Bobo wasn't that they, you know, gave him a couple of years. The problem was that they extended him after year three. It would be like if CSU came up short again next year and then you handed out an, an extension off of it. It just really didn't make a, a ton of sense here. Should also admit that, you know, Bobo inherited a much better situation, did not inherit the train wreck that that Norvell did. But, you know, going into year three, especially, that's not really going to be something you can fall back on anymore. All the pressure to win is now. And we've just seen this program come up short far too frequently. And, you know, I, I hope that Norvell is the guy to turn it around. I think he's a genuinely good guy. 
I think you can see that the players respond to him in a way that they just didn't to Adazio, especially, and even Bobo, like late in his tenure. I think he's a phenomenal recruiter. I think he's won and been a part of winning at a lot of really successful programs now for a really, really long time. He was able to win in Reno with, you know, zero resources at his disposal. But I mean, we're going into year three and now it's do or die. They have to make the postseason next year. They have to win games that matter. You know, not only do they got to make a bowl next year, like you got to beat some rivals and you're going to have a favorable schedule for that with, you know, both the border war and Rocky mountain showdown being in Fort Collins. You've got to take advantage of that opportunity, but it's just, it's unfortunate that there's going to be so much pressure going into next year now, because you had an opportunity here to really tie a bow on it and, you know, kind of prove that we are heading in the right direction and really solidify it. But you drop the ball again and Stuart die now it's, Stewart die. You know, I, I will say one story I want to tell just as a sports fan and, you know, kind of the frustration, um, you know, I think of the nuggets kind of early on in the Michael Malone era. I, I was kind of hit or miss with Mike, uh, early on, just in terms of if I was bought into what he was building and, you know, the game 82 of that 2017, 2018 regular season happens. It's a do or die situation against Minnesota. Winner goes to playoffs, loser goes home. The Nuggets ultimately lose that game. And I remember thinking that I wanted the Nuggets to make a change. It felt like you could see the talent. You could see the the great moments, but the inconsistency was so frustrating. And, you know, I put that on Malone and I wanted him gone basically because of the results of that one game. Thank God they didn't. You know, thank God they didn't. Sometimes patience is a frustrating process and you, you've got to stick it out. And the unfortunate thing is you're not, you're not always rewarded for it. And I still think that operationally that makes it the right thing to do. I think your odds of succeeding go up much more. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to start over? You want to burn this whole thing down? You have a staff change. The entire roster is going to go over. You're just you're resetting your clock. You're committing to multiple years of losing again. It's why I was really, despite losing in a really dumb and frustrating way, New Mexico, I didn't understand the decision to move on from Danny Gonzalez because to me, it's just guaranteeing that you're resetting that calendar and having to rebuild again. And I just, I, I don't get it. Um, got a super chat here from the Oso Blanco. Go Rams wanted this win for momentum, but next year we should be battling for Mountain West champion. Thanks for the coverage this year. Much love, buddy. I appreciate you tuning in each and every week. I appreciate all you guys that are active in the comment section, whether you agree with me or not. I, you know, I, I do appreciate you. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys hand, uh, you know, handling this situ- tough situation as best you can and, and hearing me out. But it's it's frustrating, man. This is a this is a bitter pill to, to take right now. This program had far too much talent to miss the postseason again, and they did. And I do agree with the Oso Blanco. I do feel like next year, depending on, you know, how some, some pieces fall, you know, if Tory Horton comes back, if you don't get gutted via the portal, all that type of stuff, you know, there is reason to believe that this team could be in the Mountain West championship mix. I mean, they could have been this year. You look at the two title games, they beat Boise state. They should have beat UNLV. I mean, if you want to say Boise state was a fluke, that's fine. But you could also say that the loss to UNLV is fluky too. I mean, they were right in it against the two teams that were, ultimately in the Mountain West championship game, but you got to walk before you can run. And while I want to see them take that next step, while I 
do believe that that should be what we should expect in Fort Collins. This is a program that should be, you know, among the premier group of five teams that should be at the top of the Mountain West. I just want to see them make a freaking New Mexico bowl, man. Like, can, can we just get anything to, to let us know that it's heading in the right direction? And I just really, really disappointing. That's really the only way to say it, man. I mean, there's a lot to like about what is happening. And, and I do believe in where the program is, is heading under Jay Norvell. It's just, I'm, it's not fast enough as of right now. And last night sucked. It sucked. I really don't think there's any other way to put it. I don't really have much else to say on this one. Um, I, you know, I'll talk more about this game on the pod as soon as I am able to muster up the strength to rewatch it, assuming I even can. I guess I shouldn't even say that it's not on the Mountain West Network, so I'm not sure if it's even possible. Maybe it'll be on YouTube or something like that. Um, disappointing, really disappointing. Next year, there's a lot of pressure, and next month's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You've got to solidify this recruiting class, you've got to Determine what you're going to do moving forward with the staff. And ultimately, you've got to hit the ground running because the time to win is now. I mean, you look at all this conference realignment, everything happening. Rams really could not have picked a worse time to have the decade that they've had. And I know that Jay's not responsible for all of that, but he is the man tasked with pulling CSU out of this. And we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Um, Always proud to be, but pretty disappointed at the moment. Pretty disappointed at the moment and heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for the guys that, you know, fought like hell all season. I will say the the lack of energy, at least, you know, it's, it's tough to say when you're watching on TV. I, I don't really like being this guy. It just didn't, it seemed like there were stages of that game where it, it was just kind of lacking. And with, What's at stake? You know, I don't know. It was just, it was disheartening. It was disheartening to say the least. And I know they were able to respond and they, they never quit in the end, but I don't know. It was just a weird one. I know the, the circumstances of playing on the island are, are really weird. Just your body clock gets thrown off, all of that. But at the end of the day, I mean, with an opportunity to, to go to the postseason, just really, really disappointing how the Rams played in this one. And really disappointing how this whole season played out. So we'll see. Next year is going to be really, really big. Uh, thank God it's basketball season. And Nico, we trust. Have a great rest of your day, y'all. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Much love. Always proud to be. Peace.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.